Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another special finals edition of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast, where we're not really talking about Supercoach, we're talking about AFL fucking finals. And with me as always, we have the one, the only, Pato. Welcome, Pato. Thanks, mate. Uh, huge game of footy last weekend. I'm very keen to get into it and dissect it. And one very big decision that was finalised today, which I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about very soon, Dano, but... Let's let's jump straight into the injuries, shall we? Yeah, fuck yeah, let's go. Okay, so we got Arazio Fantasia. Uh, you got subbed out uh, with what was it, knee soreness or some shit, Pato? What do you think? Is there something else you reckon going on? Or yeah, he he was interviewed after the game, and he was asked about the injury, and you could tell he was saying that it was pretty much just to get a fresh body in the game. And not a serious knee injury. Now, even if they were be, to be playing this weekend, I reckon he'd still be playing. So a little bit dodgy, but I mean, there's probably at least 10 clubs out there that have made a sub without the player actually being injured enough to be subbed out. And that player has gone on to play the next week. So look, I don't blame Port Adelaide. They're just sort of flooring the system. But it would not surprise me if this happens in a grand final and they're going to look at a way to make sure that Maybe whoever gets subbed out is automatically rubbed out for the next week or something, but the, the loophole is there for clubs to use, and I don't blame Port Adelaide for, Port Adelaide for using it on Fantasia just to get that fresh body in. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one because I completely forgot about, like, they don't play, so they don't have to really apply for that, um, oh, yeah, we, we got it wrong, we want him to play this week because he's got a week off. So that's actually, if they've done it, they've exploited that loophole pretty well. Um, Mark O'Connor, Tammy. Oh, yep. Saying yep. that, sorry, just quickly. That there's multiple uh, instances where clubs have subbed a guy out with a corky or whatever, and they've played next week. I know the Bulldogs for sure subbed out Boyd Woodcock one week with a corked thigh and played the next week. And I mean, sure, he might have got a knee to the thigh and it might have been corked, but was it enough to sub out just to get a fresh body in? Probably not. So there is a loophole there that clubs are exploiting. The AFL have to do something to crack down on it, I think. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, Mark O'Connor, Hammy, he won't play at all, Pato. Yeah, it didn't look good. He was subbed out. Um, I reckon Josh Kelly, Whitfield, etc., are breathing a, a sigh of relief. Uh, they probably won't tag. And generally looking forward to that game, Dano, but we'll uh we'll, we'll dissect that when we get when we get to it. But look, they've got Zach Tui, who's probably gonna come in, so that's a pretty like for like replacement. Um, even ignoring their Irish roots, but yeah, he won't play for sure. Um, I saw this next bloke on the back of a milk carton. Uh, it's Gary Rowan, um, missing persons report. Someone called Crime Stoppers. Apparently, um, he's been missing and no one knows where he is. Yeah, there, there's no sign of any of his whereabouts throughout Adelaide. So hopefully Geelong <laughs> find him in time to play their elimination final this weekend. Uh, if not, he may get replaced. But yeah, gone absolutely missing. No one knows where he is. Yeah, yeah. On a more serious note, though, how fucking gutsy is this? So we've got Tom Green. Like, this is this is Giants bias coming out of me right now. Tom Green, I thought that he dislocated something. Um, and he goes out, plays out the rest of the game. He fucking broke his arm. 
and he played out the game. That's fucking hectic. Yep, unbelievable effort for, for the young kid. Just goes to show you how much ticker this bloke has. And if you don't know who Tom Green is, um, watch the guy play. Just the way he goes about it, you can't help but love the way he goes about it. Um, but yeah, he parked himself at full forward with a broken arm. It looked like he might have popped his shoulder out or something the way he was moving around. But yeah, comes out this week, broken arm, and he played through that. So huge kudos to Tom Green. Uh Having that extra rotation through that fourth quarter in a one-point game, Dano, could have been the difference. Now, obviously, Sydney had plenty of chances to win that game, but who knows? GWS having that extra rotation was absolutely clutch. And Tom Green, kudos to you, mate. Um, Top effort. And if the Giants do somehow go on to have some success this season, Dano, they'll look back at that and and Tom Green is as deserving of, of a medal as his teammates would be. And you can go on about the next bloke. Isaac, come dog millionaire. Um, yep. Ping the hammy, subbed out. I'd, I'd say he's doubtful, Dano. Probably not going to play, which is a pretty big loss for the Giants, Dano. He, he's had a pretty good year, the young guy off halfback, and he might be tough to replace. Yeah. You, if you, and anyone that knows me, if you had a said at the start of the season that um, Isaac Cumming would be the linchpin in the Giants' defense in 2021, I would have called you a fucking dickhead. Um, but he's, he's probably, actually... probably second behind Sam Taylor, but yeah, absolutely crucial to what the Giants are doing this year, don't they? Oh, bloody oath, bloody oath. Um, I'm actually gonna quickly double check whether or not because there was a uh, an injury report with the Giants, um, uh, rehab report. Here we go. It said something about um, Isaac coming in here. So we'll just try and find it, but uh, there's too much shit going on. There's too much shit. You talk about the next block. Oh, here we go. Um, Coming was subbed out after landing on his ankle during the third quarter. Isaac's rolled his ankle, but there's no major damage, which is great news. He just needs to rest up and then we'll ramp up his training and see how he gets through as to whether he's available for Friday night's game. So here's a test. Here's a test. So that's another instance, Dano, where... Maybe he could have played on and, and maybe a slight little loophole in the sub rules. But yeah, look, hopefully for the Giants' sake, he does get up for Friday night because I think they'll struggle replacing what he does. Uh, maybe maybe they replace him with, oh, what's his name? That forward that has played a little bit of defence. Oh, Riccardi. Riccardi, yeah. Maybe he comes in and plays that role. But I mean, Cummings has been doing it so well this year. It's going to be hard to replace. Yeah, you can't go past the cum rag, cum dog millionaire. Anyway, who's the next bloke on the injury list, Pato? Daniel Daniel McStay, uh, concussion, knocked out really early in that game as well. To be fair, probably really cost Brisbane the game, just having that 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 tall forward down for the rest of the game and just completely changes your whole structure. But he'll miss. Uh, unfortunate for Brisbane. I don't know what their tall forward backup stocks are like. They've already got... What's his fucking face out with the ACL? I can't remember his name. Oh fuck, I can't remember. Right, <laughs> they'll be they'll be two first choice key forwards down. So, bit of a shame if they do go out like that. But hopefully, hopefully they will have someone that can play that role and do all right. Yeah. So. Uh... I think every time we're going to say something big on this show to do with Toby Green, it's going to be that dun-dun. Be the dun-dun. It's going to be the Toby Green. 
Anyway, Toby Green, serious note. Three weeks he's been offered, but here's the kicker. Sorry, three weeks he got, not offered. He got three weeks. But the kicker is that AFL is actually looking at appealing it because they want more, more weeks. Yeah, super interesting. Now, I think under the current structure of the MRO, that's the the one single match review officer, the AFL have only ever appealed one suspension that has been offered up by the MRO. And I think it actually got extended. Now, I can't for the life of me remember what the case was. But You mean like when the tribunal, because the MRO just refers it to the tribunal. So the MRO doesn't issue it for him. He went no, straight to tribunal hearing. So Michael Christian, straight to tribunal. That's what that's what happened. So Yeah. Um yeah, but but the AFL have only ever appealed a a handing down of a suspension once. And it was a major case. And I can't for the life of me remember what it was. Yeah, I don't know who either. Was it the Jeremy Cameron knockout? I don't know. The Harris, I don't... Was it the Harris Andrews one? I don't know. But I reckon whatever whatever this person was deliberated with, the AFL appealed it and got the suspension increased. So, I mean, I have a feeling it could happen, Dana. I reckon this could go up to four or five weeks. Well, the Giants aren't appealing because I think they're just, they keep spending money on Toby Green's Queen's counsellor. (laughs) Um, and it's been one too many times that they've done that now. So they're probably like, no, nah, we just won't spend the money on it. Three weeks, that's it, it's done. But yeah, if the AFL do appeal it, I think you can, if if it is the Jeremy Cameron incident, then both times have been the Giants players. Can you really say then that the Giants are the AFL's love child? Well, the point was it was Harris Andrews that got the suspension, mate, not Jeremy Cameron. Oh, uh, no, I thought Jeremy Cameron hit Harris Andrews. Oh, he did too. Yeah. If it I is mean, that there's incident, no, there's no conspiracy. Can you say? Can you technically say? speaking, technically speaking, the AFL owns GWS. So, well, the AFL pretty much owns everyone, don't they? There's no, well, c- correct, but there's no bias against the Giants if that's what you're trying to imply. No, because no, people just keep on saying that the GWS are the AFL's love child. That's a very outdated. No, it got mentioned on Twitter today. Point. They said that if Toby yeah, Green no, got that, off, then it would be it would be clear that, that GWS is AFL's love child, and then he got three weeks, and now the AFL looks like they're going to appeal it to get more. Yeah, plenty enough is out there, mate. But let's let's talk about the incident yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah. No, he's fucked. <laughs> he's. I I thought I honestly thought that he'd get one week because um, I. I was just looking at like the Tom Hawkins slap and all that and the the Lockie Neal. The Lockie Neal incident can't really put into the same category though because he just touched him to make sure that he saw his bleeding face. Um, the, the Hawkins one, Hawkins got a week. But everyone keeps forgetting that they changed the rules as well at the end of 2018. So everyone's going out there saying, oh yeah, you touch an umpire, you get suspended. That's not true. What happened at the end of 2018 was that I think it was Ed Kerno got suspended just for the briefest of grazes on an umpire. And then I think it was Dustin Martin touched an umpire. And then there was a big uproar like, well, he didn't do anything wrong. It's just like it, accidents happen. You know what I mean? Like just oh, a yeah, gentle touch. 
But then they brought in at the end of that 2018 season this new rule change with those four words that they have to like meet the criteria of rather than just go, oh, yeah, straight to tribunal, you're going to get suspended pretty much. So that's changed. So you can actually technically make contact with an umpire. It just can't be intentional or demonstrative or anything like that. I think that they might end up changing that back at the end of the season, back to the pre-2019 interpretation, which is you touch an umpire, you go straight to the tribunal. I think that's what's going to happen. Like Dyson, everyone's like, oh yeah, Dyson Heppel touched that umpire. Yeah, but the umpire, that was a boundary umpire. Boundary umpires are still umpires. But Dyson Heppel is running, didn't realize the umpire was there, kind of like grabbed him and kind of pushed him to one side. But like even Heppel was like, oh shit, someone's there. That's why it never got reviewed because it was an, an accident. Whereas, the, but if they go back to the pre-2019 interpretations, he would go straight to the tribunal. So I think that actually might come in and we'll have so many more referrals to the tribunal just for that um, umpire contact all because they won't want this gray area of having to go to the tribunal with freaking, was it intentional? Was it not? They'll probably just scrap the, if it's intentional, no, you touched an umpire, you're gone kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The bottom line is no one should be touching the umpires. And the, the fact that Toby's gone up to an umpire during a break of play during the third quarter break, charged straight at the umpire at Matt Savage, clearly, berating him over the free kick reversal, which was absolutely a reversal, mind you, and has just walked straight through Matt Savage. Um, it's not up to Matt Savage to jump out of the way. He's standing still. Toby Green's coming at him. Matt Savage hasn't enraged any situation. He has inflamed anything. It was Toby Green that was the aggressor. And look, I, I thought the same as you, Dana. I thought at least one week. I thought they may do two. I think three is a little bit surprising, but after I heard the final sentence, I am less surprised because they're clearly just making an example that this is not okay. And the respect for the umpires has to be there no matter what. And, and it does come down to the grassroots level as well, because say, you know, whether you agree with it or not, AFL players are absolute role models for, children for amateur leagues for everything and not just afl either there's there's kids that play cricket basketball football that are watching afl and that's that same level of respect that needs to be for referees umpires etc and maybe they've made a bit of example of toby green but he's put himself in this situation and he's really let himself let his team down dano and one of the talk shows that i watched whether i don't know whether it was footy classified last night or the sunday footy show sunday morning i can't remember which one but don't get sunday morning footy show they're a bunch of shitheads anyway they whoever it was mentioned that this could cost toby green the captaincy next year now i don't know what the canelo situation is going to be for next year whether they try and move him on in a trade as a sort of best case scenario for both they won't won't get rid of him they won't get rid of him it's silly. Maybe maybe they need to strip the captaincy off him just to, to have that extra weight off his shoulders because he's been terrible since he's become captain on the field. Um, and Toby Green is the clear clear candidate for me. And he may well, may well have cost himself the captaincy for next year as well as obviously a really big elimination final this weekend. Yeah. Um, sorry, I got my dog freaking clawing at me right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with the, with the Toby Green thing, fuck, it's just... 
frustrating as all shit. But one thing I will say is if it goes close to eight weeks or if it hits eight weeks, if they appeal and they get about eight weeks, what that is saying is, and to me, that wasn't a shoulder charge. That was a, like, a, he didn't really bump him. He kind of like bump brushed. So it's like a bump brush. You're saying that a bump brush of an umpire's shoulder in which the umpire didn't feel intimidated or anything, and that's why I didn't put it in a match report. He, even, he was on record saying that. You think that that is equivalent to breaking a young kid's jaw through a punch. That is where, if they give eight weeks for that, like they did with Andrew Gaff um, to Brayshaw, then there's something fucking wrong. Yeah, it's not going to be that much, Dano. Um, it's, he's not going to get as much as Gaff did. But at the end of the day, Matt Savage was standing still. He wasn't moving. There's no way he could say that he thought Savage was going to move out of the way. He was standing still on two feet. And that's up to Toby Green, who is the one that is walking towards Savage to either stop in front of him to have, well, it wasn't much of a conversation. It was more just Toby Green going, you're a fuckwit. Why did you reverse it? Blah, blah, blah. He never called him a fuckwit. Well, no. He never he called him a fuckwit. He he just, all he said, there was one swear word on record that he said. He's like, he took a fucking dive. But Toby's put himself in this situation by moving towards Matt Savage, who wasn't moving at all. Regardless of how minor the contact was with the umpire, he's put himself in that situation by walking straight through where Savage was standing. Yep, yep. Uh, and even though Savage was standing in the middle of all of these giants moving to their huddle, I still think that both both people did stupid things. Savage should have... Why, why was he there? There's 17 players, Dano, of Toby Green's teammates that managed to get around where he was standing, and there's one that didn't. And that one that didn't yeah. is going to miss his team's qualifi- uh, elimination yeah. final this weekend. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but anyway, we'll move on to the next bit of news, which is the grand final is being played where, Pado? Over in Perth at what I think is the best stadium in the country. Absolute magnificent stadium over at Optus Stadium in Perth. I think it's the right call. Um, now, it's going to be a little bit nervy that the Friday, Saturday before grand final day, whenever they decide that to be, because the Perth government have shown that they'll pull a trigger on a lockdown the morning of a game. They'll just say, yep, yeah, we got a case, bang, we're in lockdown. So I think the AFL will be a little bit nervous about that. Um, but, I mean, Perth are going to make a lot of money from hosting the grand final. And I think it's well-deserved. If they can somehow get 100% capacity as well, or at least 80%, um, that's going to be a huge crowd over there. And I would much rather see the grand final with at least a 70%, 80% capacity than at a 20% capacity, even if it's at the G. So I think it's absolutely right. I cannot wait to see a packed-out Optus Stadium rock the grand final. I think it's going to be a, a brilliant spectacle. I think we're going back to a day grand final, which I think is a little bit... Yeah, lost at the Optus Stadium. If that was a night grand final, that'd be an incredible spectacle on TV, Dana. We'll probably be stuck in lockdown still in Victoria. Um, But regardless, I can't wait to see a packed out Optus Stadium rock the grand final. What are your thoughts? Well, one thing. Do they end up changing the... You know how the front um, seats had that like glass barrier um, there on the other upper levels? Do they end up changing that? Because people, when they sat down, they had like the metal bar between the ground and the glass. The ground, you had ground glass, then the metal bar across the top. 
and it went right through the middle of the ground view. Did they end up removing them or is it still there? Because I I wouldn't want to buy those seats. <laughs> I couldn't tell you, mate. Is that all? I reckon all of those seats will just be empty because no one will want to sit there because you can't see fucking shit. But everything else about it's a ripper. So yeah, I don't mind it. I'd rather see crowds. I want the actual live sound rather than fake shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, fake, fake, fake crowd noise is terrible. Um, in, in all honesty, I think... I understand why they did it in Queensland last year, but I think Perth should have got the grand final last year as well for what it's worth. Um, would have got a much bigger crowd, but that's been and done and the Gabba did it well last year, but I think it would, should have been an Opta Stadium as well. Yep, yep, agreed. Anyway, we'll review week one of finals. So the first game that was played, Pato, was Port v Geelong. Oh. We picked it. We picked it. Oh. Yeah, we picked it. I didn't think Port would smash Geelong though. Um, but then again, it's a final and Patrick Dangerfield went missing. Gary Rowan went missing. Jeremy Cameron went missing. Tom Hawkins went missing. And I thought, well, it makes sense. I mean, Geelong just, their finals record under under Chris Scott is terrible. Their finals record with Selwood as captain is terrible. Um, and their finals record with Patrick Dangerfield is, is terrible. So, I mean, when you look at, at all the evidence, it's not surprising that Port absolutely pulled Geelong's pants down. And I was... Very happy to see Geelong get belted like that, Dano, I must admit. Um, but that's not taking any credit away from Port Adelaide. They were incredible, absolutely incredible. Their small forwards were, were magnificent before he got subbed off. Fantasia got four goals. Um, Robbie Gray kicked a couple. Charlie Dixon didn't do a lot, but he brought it to ground for those small forwards. And Geelong's defence just didn't have an answer for them. Yeah, uh, it was... I. I ended up switching it off at one stage because I'm like, this fucking game's done. Like, it, in all honesty, Geelong put on such an embarrassing performance. Um, only one that I think maybe I could say was okay was Mitchie Duncan. Um, but even then, he kind of... It didn't look... It, like, everyone was like, oh, yeah, Mitchie Duncan's playing so well. He still didn't look 100%, which is scary to think about, to be honest. But, yeah, he's... He's one that did they bring him back too soon? Probably not, but maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, when, stat, when you can see fucking the... insane, but yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't think they should have played him. Um, but then again, who was going to step up because no one else fucking did? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, the fact that he's come off a, a layoff and and played as well as he did, I think it's pretty much the only one that can think he had a half-decent game on the weekend for Geelong. And they'll do a lot of soul-searching this week and quite honestly hope that they do get knocked out this weekend. But we'll, <laughs> we'll go through that when we preview that game. But, yeah, poor Adelaide. I mean, can this team win the grand final? I don't know. Well, I, I actually have them making it um, on that side of the draw. Now, I couldn't even call them Port Adelaide for the first half of the game. I had to call them Port Alier. Because he was just fucking everywhere. The way that they switched it up and Alir not playing as a key, proper key defender, but rather taking on the smaller forwards was fucking genius. Ken Hinckley absolutely outcoached Chris Scott by 100 miles. 100 miles. Just brilliant display. Kudos to you, Ken Hinckley. Um, Alir Alir, fucking superstar. Um, yeah, I think they can. I think, remember when Port Adelaide started making um, prelims and whatnot and 
they kept on choking. And then that uh, 2004, they finally broke through. I'm getting shades of kind of that in that Porter been building for some time. We keep thinking, oh, yeah, they can't make the grand final or they can't win it. They're just okay during the season. They're flat track bullies. I think they can finally start doing it. And they're on the right side of the draw too to actually make the grand final. Yeah, it's a decent shout. Um, just a quick side note, Dan. I should have put it in the run sheet, but the pre-finals week off. Now, do you think it's too much of an advantage for the teams that finish first or second? Or do you think they've earned that right to have a really good shot at making going straight through to a prelim? See, I don't like the pre-finals buy. That's what um, I was glad it's not um, here this year because... Teams that have momentum and that have got, like, let's say they've won three games in a row towards the end of the season, come into final, scrape in. They get that week off. Their momentum's gone. So I don't mind it. And I'm a bit biased there too because Giants. <laughs> but yeah, I don't mind the week off for the teams that do win um, uh, the, the first final if they're in the top four. But I actually think that having the week off for them is actually going to be detrimental to their team's performance to qualify for the grand final. So I think the week off for the teams that earned it might actually come to backfire on them. See, I I like it the way it is because previously, so last year, if you won your qualifying final, you had a week off after the last game of the year, you played a qualifying if you won that, you get another week off. So you play one game in three weeks. And I think, as you said, momentum is everything. And you lose all of that momentum yeah. by playing. That. And we look at last year, Brisbane won their qualifying final, beat the Tigers. So they had that two weeks off in the three and then lost their prelim. Now, they may, I mean. well have lost the prelim. they may well have lost the prelim to Geelong anyway, but they would argue that they had too much rest and they just lost all momentum. So... Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out this year because there's a week off between the prelim and the grand final, isn't there? Is there? Yeah, I believe they're running with the same grand final week and there's a pre- there's a gap between the prelim and the grand final. So right. it'd be interesting, Dano, that if there's a situation where someone like Geelong, for example, win, their, win this week, win their prelim and go through to the grand final, are they more benefited than, say, Port Adelaide who will have a week off, play the prelim, and then another week off. Are they going to lose that momentum? I mean, we'll see what happens. But, look, we'll see. But but I, th- I think pre-grand I think final buy, not just a pre-finals buy now. Yeah, but the, the, then you're just moving that disadvantage. Then you just, like, if you win your prelim, you get the week off, then you play your prelim, and then you get a week off again. You still have that two weeks off yeah. out of three. I don't like it. I don't like it. I reckon just scrap the pre-finals and pre-grand final buy all together. Um, you get that one week's rest if you get if you've got that double chance up your sleeve and you win that game first v4, second v third. If you win that, there's your break. Yeah, and I think the teams that finish top four, there needs to be that incentive of you're gonna have a shot at winning a qualifying final and giving yourself a rest. And that's what you get for winning a pre- the qualifying final. Now yeah. Maybe the AFL can look at maybe doing two buys over the year. So a buy around round six, then another one around round 17, 18. Um, so you can break up your year like that and they can get their two weeks of 
of buyers throughout the year. But yeah, I think they need to look at the, the finals buyers situation and just think whether that the week off is a detriment rather than a, a benefit of someone that might get two out of three weeks off. Anyway, we're digressing. Um, Port Adelaide <laughs> were incredible and Geelong was shit ass. Yeah. Anyway, next game, blockbuster game, battle of the fucking spirit of Tasmania. Um, Sydney versus GWS. Um, fuck, man. I was ballistic. I went off my nut. I just, oh, um, you you start. I'm still I'm still trying to get off this high right now. <laughs> the freaking um, the Giants winning by a point. Yeah, what an incredible game of footy, Dano. Now. I was I was watching this game and I, and I said, why are the Giants trying to hold on to this lead? Because it got to about three or four goals and about ten minutes to go, and it didn't even look like the Giants were trying to to score. They were just trying to hold on to their lead, and I, I mean it, that, that's the sort of thing that cost Nathan Buckley his job, and it cost him a grand final as well because they had that lead against the, the Eagles and choked, and because they tried to hold on to it. Now, I think Sydney should have won that that miss by. Oh, what's his name? Robbie Fox. Um, just inexcusable. Um, Buddy Franklin, who's probably kicked 350 of his 955 goals from that exact spot on the opposite flank of the the, uh, the 50 line. Um, missing that, he's probably kicked a, a hundred of them at least. Uh, just wasted chances in front of goals. And I think that's the reason they lost. I don't think the Giants really won the game, if that makes sense. Oh. Um, they they absolutely gritted their way to the win. So full credit to the Giants. I was very happy that they won. But I, they almost shot themselves in the foot, Dana, by just trying to hold onto that lead. But you're, I, I understand why. I'm the biggest Leon Cameron basher known to man, but I understand why they were trying to hold on to the lead. Yeah, the dude that couldn't fucking play parked at full forward and they didn't want to risk further injuring him. Number two, Sorry, this is just it's it's just frustrating because like Jesse Hogan in the third quarter, Jesse Hogan played fucking unreal. He hit the post two times. If he hadn't hit the post two times, we wouldn't be talking about fucking one point game, would we? No, very true, very true. He even before that, he missed a lot of chances. He, the game would have been out of reach, and the dude literally scraped the post two times. So he could have been four straight right there in the third quarter. Giants are pretty much home. They could have parked the bus easily and romped in with, I would have even said seven points up at the end of the game, um, even with the Tom Green freaking broken arm. So Sydney didn't take their chances, but the Giants also didn't take all their chances either. And that's what's frustrating is everyone's like, oh, Sydney lost that game. No, the Giants could have also lost that game too. They didn't take all their chances. It goes both ways. So anyway... Giants are probably going to be fucked next week. Anyway, I still reckon they'll beat Geelong, but we'll go into that later. Um, Toby Green was good, besides fucking walking into an umpire and smacking a dude in the face. Um, Isaac Cumming, like you said earlier, injured. He, Him coming off kind of stuffed up the Giants' backline structure, in all honesty. That's why when Tanner, Tanner came on, Tanner is a mid-slash-forward. He's not a defender. They had to reshuffle everything to try and cater towards. Isaac Cumming is actually, the way that they did it, is the general in the Giants' defense. He is now the new Heath Shaw. He directs everyone. It's not Sam Taylor. It's not Nick Haynes. It's Isaac Cumming. He's gone. 
Who then takes up that mantle? Nick Haynes has to. Now Nick Haynes isn't focusing on doing intercept marks and all that. He's being the general in defense. So it does disrupt all of that. So that happening plus Hogan not taking those chances, I think Himmelberg shanked one as well. Um, it's not just Sydney that almost well, that lost the game for themselves. The Giants almost lost the game for themselves as well. But it was fucking exciting right down to the wire. Do you reckon Toby, Toby took a dive at the end? No, I think I think he he went head first into the footy and he earned the free kick and he had blood on his neck too. People didn't <laughs> look at that. No, definitely anything, got taken on the neck. Yeah, anything to to bash Toby Green really for some people, but no, look, he's put himself in that position where he's put his head over the ball and he earned that free kick. I think. Yeah, yeah, no, a lot of people are bashing him for that. Um, Cornelio though, rate rating him out of ten. What would you give him? Oh, it, it's really hard to say because we saw him when he was up and about a, just before he got... Give him a three. Yeah, I, I think when you compare to what we've seen from him, it's got to be a three or four. And he did some good things. He did a lot of blocking up forward to to free up Correct. guys yep. like Jesse Hogan. Um, so he still played a role up there. Um but I mean, how the mighty have fallen. Like, this was a guy that was the second best midfielder at the club, Dano, and he's just mm. fallen off a cliff and playing up forward. It's almost just thrown up a full pocket. And I mean, maybe they'll do some reshuffling. Maybe Taranto will go back to that forward role. Like, when we will talk about Toby, that later. We'll talk about that Toby later. They'll shuffle some pieces around. But yeah, they've got to find something for Cornelio. I didn't. Um... Up forward, fucking Tom Papley, man. Like, that dude, how many fucking shots did he pepper throughout the entire game? A lot. It's funny because he kicked two goals straight and, um, yeah, yeah, sprayed a lot. Uh, look, he's, he's a, a real finals X-factor type of player and he's the sort of guy that thrives on that, um, loves the cameras on him, a bit of a, a look at me sort of attitude about him, but... To win finals, you need that. And, I mean, he, in an alternate universe, we're, we're talking about Tom Papley being a match winner and kicking three and, and guiding them home. So, well, he could have I, I still think six. He, Yeah, I, I still think he played a good game regardless of that, Dano. Mm. Yeah. Um, but the, the Swannies, they're gone. They're done. Um, yeah, so I was, I was just fucking... I'm, I'm still I'm still kind of trying to get over it, Pato. Like fucking hell, the Giants yeah. won. Shit. Yeah. Um, just in terms of the Swans, quickly, I, they'll bounce back next year and they'll probably be even better. Uh, yeah. As we mentioned last week on the pod, in a, in a world where where Mills and Kennedy play, I think this is a completely different game. Now the Giants may well have still played, uh, sorry, still won, but it's a completely different situation. Maybe it's a little bit more higher scoring. Um, it's it's less of a, a forward battle and more of a, that midfield battle. And Sydney really had to go defensive in order to try and win this game just because of that midfield dominance of the Giants, which was absolutely inevitable. So, well, I don't even think they dominated the Giants. The, clear, the clearance work, like, I didn't even think that they did their best. That's the thing. So, with Kennedy and Mills, maybe they would have beaten the Giants because they would have got even towered over the Giants' clearance rate even more. 
Yeah, that's my point. So I, I think really unlucky for the Swans just to get those two really key injuries, but they'll be fine for next year. They'll bounce back. Don't forget about the Giants injury list too. Just saying. Yeah. Everyone forgets about that. It's still fucking long. Oh, shit. Um, Melbourne versus Brisbane. What a fucking... I thought this game would have been good to watch, but anyway. Melbourne absolutely capitulated Brisbane in the end. Fucking, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely impressive. Melbourne were were unreal. Clayton Oliver, he's made for this occasion. Oh, um, yeah. Petrarca, same thing. Absolute gun. And Bailey fucking Fritch. Now, we spoke about him last week on the podcast with Sam and just real made-for-finals sort of guy. And fucking our mate Tom Brown, the Muppet, absolute Muppet, tweeted that <laughs> he got dropped in a final or something ridiculous. And and it, he goes, it's fair to say this won't happen again. You're no fucking shit, Sherlock. Um, <laughs> probably one of their best from last weekend. So, yeah, absolute hot take there from Tom Brown, as usual. But, yeah, Melbourne, Melbourne were incredible. And... Brisbane were the best scoring team this year, were they? Yeah, they were. And they just couldn't find a way to go. Now, Charlie Cameron was was magnificent, but yeah, he just didn't get any help up there. Pardon? He kicked like five goals, one or something? Yeah, yeah, Charlie? five yeah, goals. Good. It was just the tall stocks from Brisbane that really hurt them. Now, Joe Danaher was pretty shit ass in his first final ever, I believe. What his first final ever? He may have played a losing final for Essendon, but um, yeah, didn't didn't do much. And Tom Fullerton, I don't think is really ready to play AFL footy, especially as a key forward. And yeah, as I said before, Daniel McStay going down really early just absolutely cost them. Yeah. Well, um, the major ball win is fucking... So Lockie Neal broke some record about most disposals in a finals game, apparently. Yeah, 46. 46. And 25 of them were contested and he had 13 clearances. That's I'm fuck. actually really surprised about that. I thought Melbourne would put some time into him. I thought that'd have Viney locked down anymore, even a James Harms, but it just didn't happen. And, and he just absolutely dominated. Now, just quick side note, if he goes through a process and that is an absolute fucking lock next year for Supercoach, oh. you'll start at about 530,000 and don't even yep. think twice about starting him if he has a preseason. Shout out to Bryce Mitchell for that one because he calculated you should start at five thirty k. Um, yeah, did absolutely. you guess that or did you did you see Bryce's tweet? Oh no no yeah, I'm all over Bryce's Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck, I guess there, Pato. Absolute <laughs> legend that bloke, and does it for uh, BBL Supercoach as well for anyone that might play that through the summer. Yeah, um, Clayton Oliver, thirty three disposals, three tackles, one goal. Fucking Petrarca, two goals. Two or three, that's two, yep. 30 disposals, one tackle. Fucking Jack Viney. He Now, funny you should say that you, Jack Viney didn't run with fucking anyone, like Neil or whatever. He won his own ball. So, yeah, Viney won his own ball. He got 28 disposals of his own. He got six tackles. He got three marks. Fucking, he went good. He didn't have to tag in the end. So, yeah, I don't... Is this Melbourne team going to be bound for glory in the grand final, you reckon? Or do you reckon that this whole one week off might bite them in the backside? I, I still get the sense that they may end in disappointment. Now, I really hope not for D's fans. Um, I'd love to see them win the flag. 
but yeah, I still get that feeling that something's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyone else that you liked out of this game besides Charlie Cameron and fucking Lockie Neal and Oliver and Petrarca, Viney? Um, oh, fuck it. Did you see um, <laughs> Lukey Jackson's teeth? Yeah, yeah. Became a Collingwood player overnight. Yeah, of course, you call him Gummy Bear. Fuck. Because uh, chuck two, two to three straws through those fucking teeth now. Shit. <laughs> It, it's crazy because he was wearing a mouth guard, but I mean that that replay was fucking brutal. Um, just that impact into the knee and oh, just nasty. Well, it would have been worse if he hadn't have worn the mouth guard. Oh yeah, he no, would've he would have lost his whole fucking mouth. Yeah, he there that could have got ugly. So yeah, um, but what what are your thoughts on Maxi Gorn? Maxi fucking gone. Uh, yeah, he was huge. Um, really big impact and sort of just bobbed up when he needed to. Now, I must admit, I didn't catch all this game. I had a trivia with my girlfriend's family and we were hosting. So, of course, I had it on in the background, but couldn't quite watch it. I watched most of the second half. Um, but, yeah, Gorn was terrific from what I saw. Yeah, he had 19 disposals, seven tackles, six marks, 37 hit outs. They did pretty solid. Um, yeah, he, he was he was up there if you to look at pure stats and not super coach, but like champion data points, but just pure points. He's actually second ranked on the ground based on just pure points behind Neil. So pretty fucking hectic. That doesn't take into account disposal efficiency or anything like that though um yeah so melbourne won that one quite easy the last game which i thought would be much closer was western bulldogs versus the Essen bombers elimination final how many days now will it have to be before the final uh, before the final before the bombers win a final six thousand and something fucking days or whatever I, I think it'll all depend on what they do this off-season. Now, when you look at everything, I mean, it was really wet conditions. they got a tall forward line. They've got an inexperienced forward line and a forward line that I don't think is really AFL standard. And I'm not surprised that they only kicked four goals for the game, Dano. Um, now, they did pretty well through the midfield to, to at least match it with with probably the best midfield in the competition. But... Yeah, it's just that forward line, which is just looking pretty shit. Now, Peter Wright, that was not the, the conditions for him at all. Aaron Francis hasn't played forward until this year in his whole life. Um, natural defender. And Alec Waterman probably isn't oh, AFL standard, let's yeah. be fair. And um, Archie Perkins as well. I mean, he's just a young kid. So I think they'll be better for the experience. But their number one target this offseason has to be a, a forward now. I don't think Mason Cox is the right answer, especially next to Peter Wright. But if they can get their hand on a, on a Wiedemann or or a Riccardi or someone like that, that's exactly See, who they need, Dano. I don't think Riccardi will be the answer. I don't think Riccardi will be. Um, who Who's a free agent be in the season? It's got to be better than Alec Waterman. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, who, who can they target this offseason? 
Now, rumour has it that they are in the box seat to land Mabi or Chol. I still don't think that's the answer, Dano. I, I rate no. Big Chol. Um, I think he's great as a backup ruckman and a part-time forward. But, yeah, I don't know if oh. that's the right call for Essendon. See, I when okay, we'll get we'll go to another team here. When Alir Alir left Sydney, I was like, oh yeah, he's just a an okay backman. Goes to fucking port in one season, becomes all Australian. So maybe Chol could do something similar. Maybe someone else could do something similar. I don't know. Maybe Riccardi could do something similar. Doubt it, but being in the forwards is a bit different because you're always gonna have in those all Australian teams fucking Midfielders playing up forward. <laughs> um, but you look at this split, though. This is concerning as fuck. So, Jakey Stringer got two goals, one. Nine disposals for the game. So, that's okay. Did he... Now, what was his heat map like? He was Oh, he played forward. forward. He didn't play he much was a forward. So, he's their main dude there. Then the next highest goal scorer was one goal, one from Darcy fucking Parrish. Then it's Devin Smith with one goal. Like, that's pretty fucking shit. Oh, now, then, yeah, they, they need to target someone who I don't know. We could bring up a list of free agents in front of us if you can, Pado. I'm not sure unless you want me to. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's fun for a future podcast, don't I? Yeah, we'll we'll do that maybe in the pre uh, sorry yeah preseason slash off season. Um, but anyway, eighty five to thirty six is fucking pathetic. Um, but then I didn't like the scrutiny of one Bulldogs player in particular. Oh, Who do you think yeah, that is? Where you go over this? Yeah, Cody Waitman. Fucking Waitman. So everyone's out there. I now I had I was looking at people's Facebooks. These people are preaching mental health, rah rah rah, all throughout the season. We got to focus more on players' mental health. These same people going out there saying that Waitman is a diver and he should go neck himself. That's fucked up. The dude didn't ask for the free kick. He didn't go up to the umpire and say, "Give me a free kick." The umpires paid it. It was there. Just so what if he kicks four goals straight from fucking free kicks? Who gives a shit? They were there. Don't be a fucking asshole and during the year go, oh, yeah, we got to focus on mental health of the players, rah, 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 that sort of thing, and then go out and fucking say that he should go neck himself. That's fucking not on. That's not on in general life. That's fucked up. And I think we... um you and I spoke to like uh, tweeted Taylor Adams from Collingwood about the same thing when um, some dude's multi didn't get up and started fucking hurling abuse at him. Yeah. Like that's, it's fucking stupid. Like just grow the fuck up. Honestly. Yeah. It's it's absolutely pathetic. And it's once again happened to Tipper as well, who didn't even play this game and he's, he's copped it off off an Essendon fan and, and they're blaming him because he didn't play because he wasn't fit. And it's, it's disgraceful, Dono. And, I mean, we'll say it every week if we need to. Um, just don't fucking, don't abuse players. Um, this are guys do, going out there doing their job. Um, same with the women as well. They cop a lot, the AFL women players. And it's just not okay at all. I mean, you wouldn't go to your doctor and, and fucking abuse him or her if, if they tell you something you don't like to hear or... You wouldn't abuse a teacher or or whatever, Dano. And 
the, that's the, the bottom line. Um, just fucking pull your head in. Um, Cody Waitman played a great game of footy. He put his head over the ball and, and Essendon was sloppy in their, in their tackling. That's the bottom line. Now, yeah, Waitman earned six free kicks and, and he kicked four goals from those. But that's what you get when you put yourself in the right position. And, and maybe Alec Waterman, maybe Devin Smith, maybe those sort of guys can take a lesson and, and think that if you get to the ball first and, yeah, maybe yeah. they can take a lesson from the way Waitman played. But he was magnificent, Dano, on Sunday and does can not say something at all. Can I, yeah, absolutely. Can I say something as well? He had 12 disposals. 11 of them were contested. 11 of the 12 were contested. And his disposal efficiency was 83%. That is, if I've ever seen it before, one of the best small forward fucking games. And so what if he fucking got four straight from six free kicks? Who cares? He fucking played well. So anyway, the other doggies that played well, I did at, at quarter time, I thought the Bontempelli was fucking going to like absolutely destroy. Um, he finished on 23 disposals. So yeah, okay. Um, Adam Trelaw. 28, not bad, good size. But here we go. The yeah, did would you put this guy as BOG? Who would you put down as BOG for the doggies? Because I've got my guy. I want to know if we've got the same person. Uh, it's either Waitman or Libba for me. Libba. It was fucking Libba for me. Listen, like, look at look at this. So it's a 35 disposals, 16 kicks, 19 handballs, five marks, seven tackles. Fucking let's go into it. Let's fucking go into it. So 17 contested possessions. You know, he only had 66% disposal efficiency. Yeah, okay. But he was fucking everywhere. He had three score involvements. Yeah, okay. That's that's all right. Seven clearances. Fucking good. Four of those center clearances. And the other three were stoppage clearances. Like, he was just, he was just fucking good. Eight inside 50s. Fucking well done, Libba. You fucking tore him a new asshole. Um... Darcy Parrish is probably the only other one that was on the ground that, like, he, he was the only one for me from the Bombers that played ridiculously well. But he kind of fizzled out in the second half. The first half, I think he had 24 disposals and a goal. He finished on 35, so still fucking good shout. But, like, yeah, it's, yeah. I, he, he'll, he'll be a ripper next year, Parrish. He will. Hundred percent. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I I still think from a super coach perspective, Merritt is the one from Essendon. Yeah, okay. But I, I just feel like the conditions suited a parish type, and I think that's why Libba was best on ground as well. It just it suited their games. Um, yeah, wet. Yeah, less of a less of a finesse game, more of a just get the ball out and in, in in the contest, and that just suits those guys down to a T. Okay, well, Pato, we'll move on now to the finals games. So Friday, we have at is it Optus Stadium. So they're flown out now. Uh, it's Geelong versus the GWS Giants. Now, who have you got in this one? And we'll, we'll think about why or why not that could be right. <laughs> now, my, my head, my head says that this has 2009 written all over it, Dano, in the fact that the Giants absolutely willed themselves over the line in the prelim against Collingwood and won a super close game. 
and were just absolutely fucking cooked and they got pumped obviously the next week. Sorry to bring it up yet again, Dano, but this is <laughs> heading towards my Hey, point. they made a grand final. They made a grand final. They if did. you're saying that they're going to do it again, I'm happy with that. No, my point is that bouncing back from such a tough, close contest the week before, and I hope I'm wrong, I would I would hate to see the, the Cats rebound and smash the Giants, but I have a really bad feeling that that's going to happen, Dano. Now, in saying that, my heart absolutely wants Jeremy Cameron to get knocked out by the Giants. Um, and that would have real Delidio 2017 vibes where he got knocked out by the team that he left um, to try and win some, some success. So I, I hope nothing more than the Giants knock out Jeremy Cameron. And just to see the look on his fucking smug face to see his old <laughs> club, the club that he captained, Dano, to knock the fucker out of finals. I would love nothing Did more. He but the Giants. Cameron never no, captained the Giants. No, he didn't. Sorry, no. I was gonna say, but no, he's the but, our best, our best forward ever. Correct. So I would love nothing more to see his face after the the Giants beat them. But I get this sneaky feeling that the Cats are going to win by about ten goals. Now I I hope I'm wrong, Dano. Well, for me, it all comes down to a couple of things. One, we've got a lot of TBCs on the injury list. Will Brent Daniels play? I, I haven't heard much about him. He's still TBC. Every single fucking player on that list is TBC. Will Cumming play? I think the way that the Giants are going to win this is they're going to have to rest Mummy. They're going to have to. They're going to have to rest Mummy. Play Briggs. Briggs did a pretty good job against Geelong last time. He's fucking strong. Got a hundred odd kilos. He was shifting Tom Hawkins around when Tom Hawkins did his pinch hitting. So I think they're going to have to rest Mummy. Play Briggs in hope that they beat Geelong and play Melbourne the next week to do the, then they can do twin towers against Melbourne, but they're going to have to take that gamble. They're going to have to find someone to replace coming. If he doesn't get up, hopefully he does. Will Brent Daniels play? I think Taranto is going to have to go forward like he did when um, Toby was out and he bagged all the, the four goals in the first half. I think Taranto is going to have to do that. I think Cornelio is going to have to go back into the middle and basically he's going to have to put the team on his back in the middle. Go like, right, I'm the fucking captain. Let's go. And we might see some vintage Cornelio. But Harry Himmelberg and Jesse Hogan now have to take command of that forward line. Both of them. Himmelberg's not the one to do it. He's always been a background guy. He's been second or third fiddle. Hogan's confidence at the moment is key. He needs to play big. He needs to get take a career high into contested marks again and take the game by the scruff for the Giants to win. Taylor I has Taylor and Haynes, both or sorry, Taylor and um fucking Steen are gonna be the two that are gonna have to take the two big tools for Geelong. Um, I think we might see a very high scoring game. I think I think we might. Um, it'll either be ridiculously low or really high. And I reckon the last quarter, we're going to see two teams that are absolutely fucking cooked. 100%. I think Geelong are quite old. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, but they're still fit. No, nah, I, I can just see them slowing down. And it won't surprise me if the Giants hold a lead and then do the whole fucking thing that they did against Sydney either and just try and retain it and then Geelong kick a bag in the last quarter and make it close again. My heart is Giants. My head is still Giants. I don't know whether it's I'm blinded by 
my passion and riding the coattails of the Giants. Usually I bet against them, but for some reason I'm just – I just think that Geelong are going to go out in straight sets. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting you say that, um, especially the Mumford point, because I, I thought before, like, there's no way that he's going to go through a finals run. And you look yeah. at the possible opponents, Dano, and this is the week where you make the big call. You give him the week off and you ask him to play two in a row to end the season. And, I mean, obviously that's depending on the win or loss this weekend. But as you said, Briggs did a fine job against Geelong when they played earlier on in the year, which was only about a month ago, five weeks, whatever it was. Um, there is another was, as well. There is another, and this would be Ooh, a real Matt, fucking hate. Huh? Matty Flynn? No, Matty Flynn's done. There's one other ruck. Oh. That could potentially. I don't think you could do it. I don't think you could do it, don't I? Could potentially make his debut for the club, potentially, in a finals run. People thought the Marlion Pickett wouldn't make his debut in a grand final, and yet he did. He won more fucking grand finals and premierships than fucking Nathan Buckley did his whole career in one game. <laughs> and Bruce could come in if needed. Could. Um, but yeah, I was, now oh, the Giants injuries. We've got to go over them. Who are the injuries for the Cats? We had O'Connor. That was it. Yeah, and I reckon they'll make a couple of changes as well. Just just um, on form. Um, the, Giants, I mean, the Giants, we forgot about some. Player. We forgot yeah. about some from the Giants. So we had Tom Green, yep. We had um, Toby Green out as well. Isaac Cumming, we got. But there's one more, who's the useless fuck known as Sam Reed. He also got injured. He's going to be gone. So Tanner Bruin's finally going to play his first full final of his career, in my opinion. That might be another sparker. Because if he can... I say this... Tanner showed so much in that one preseason game, and he's still been building and building and building here and there, but he just hasn't had a real solid run at it. If they play, they might play Tanner in the Toby role even. I don't know. It all depends on Brent Daniels too and whether he can come back or not. But, yeah. Anyway, sorry for interrupting you there. No, you're right. I th- yeah, I think there's some, some pieces to move around for the Giants. Um, I think Lockie Ash could be someone that plays that Isaac Cumming role if he doesn't get up. Um, played a bit of halfback in his junior years. Yeah, well, that's why he got drafted to the Giants. He memorized Lucky yeah. Whitfield's running patterns. But Cumming plays a different role. Cumming directs the defense. This is what I mean. We might see maybe Lockie Whitfield have to go to the Cumming role. And then Lockie Ash might have to go to the Whitfield role. Here's another possibility. Yeah, it- It'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, and I think, yeah, Taranto definitely plays forward. I think if you're going to bring yep. Bruce in, you've got to play dual rucks. That's the bottom line. So yep. there's obviously a spot there with Tom Green. So he comes out. Maybe maybe you play Briggs and Bruce um, as yep. a dual ruck setup. Um, if and they I go think, with yeah, Bruce, Geelong, yeah. Yeah, and I think Geelong have some really big decisions to make. Can you carry Gary Rowan again? He was moved back and still looked shit house down there. Um, I don't Luke think they'll drop they yeah. won't drop. Uh, yeah, yeah, they won't drop him. Carlhouse is a, is a premiership player, but he was fucking woeful. Um, Lockie Henderson wasn't great, but I mean, he's not getting dropped. Yeah, yeah. too many passengers. I mean, Reece Stanley looked a little bit lost, but now that's not unusual for a Geelong defender, uh, Geelong Ruckman. There is yeah. a player from Geelong 
that now my father is known as the oracle for everyone listening. Whenever he says shit, it usually happens. And this is why I'm concerned. He said to me, if Zach Tui plays against the Giants, the Giants will lose. And I think he might be right. Tui, I think, might tear us a new asshole. <laughs> so I'm, I personally am hoping that Zach Tui doesn't play. But if he plays, Giants are in trouble. And I never thought I'd say that in my life, but yeah, I think Tui might end up being the difference in the game if he plays. Yeah, I think he'll come in for O'Connor personally. Yeah, and I think the Giants will be stuffed then. Um, but anyway, the other game, Pato, the other game. Do you want to kick it off? Absolutely huge day and eight. This one's going to be Brisbane. high scoring. Yeah, Brisbane versus the Bulldogs. Now, that is on Saturday night at the Gabba. Um, and I really intriguing. Uh, we'll see what Brisbane do in terms of the, the forward situation. Do they just go small? Do they persist with Fullerton um, or whatnot? But this game's going to be one in the middle, Dano. Um, I think both yeah. teams struggle a little bit up forward. Um, and it could come down to conditions as well. And I think... If you get a traditional Brisbane-weathered game, I think the Brisbane will win this. And I, but I think if it's a little bit wet, which is unlikely, but if it's a little bit wet, the Bulldogs have got, have got this in the box seat. But it's just it's the ruck situation, Dano. And even McInerney, I think he'll dominate the, the Bulldogs. And, yeah, it's just it's not good, that situation. I don't, I don't know. Do you reckon Martin will play or is he still injured? Now, that would be an interesting little side story, Dano. Steph Martin against his former team. Correct. We've got a few of them in these finals. Yeah, it'd be a big call. We said it last week that do you risk him after so long out, especially now it's an elimination final. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure you risk it. But Lewis Young just isn't getting the job done. And and Tim English, it's it's well known that he's just not playing in the ruck. It's, It's very bizarre, but... They've got to do something. Um, otherwise, they can't just let McInerney go crazy and dominate the game because that'll give Brisbane midfielders first use of the footy and just put them in the front foot. See, Martin's not injured. He's not on their injury list. He's not in any of the early prognosis notes or anything. So I reckon he might actually come in. They brought him, they brought him to the club for a reason. And I think we will see why. And I think... Oscar Mack and Ernie might get a bath from Steffi Martin. Yeah. Interesting. We said it last week and we weren't right, but I, th- I think he, this week he is going to be the difference if he plays or not. Well, I was still leaning towards Bulldogs last week anyway, um, but I thought it would be close with Essendon. I didn't expect that shellacking. Um. But yeah, this this one's gonna be interesting. I who oh fuck. Um I'm gonna have to I'm I think Brisbane are the favorites too. I can't go past them. I think I think the Bulldogs will get knocked out. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see the Lions losing this game in Queensland. Now the Bulldogs did knock them off earlier in the year and the one time that they played by just 19 points, but that was in Melbourne. And, yeah, I, I can't see the Lions losing up there against the Dogs. I think 
yeah, I think they're going to win. Yep. Yep. I agree. Anyway, Pato, that's it for this week. That is all, folks. Yeah, that's fucking it. So, anyway, um, do you want to quote your Twitter handle as per normal? Yep. It's at P O T O S triple C. And mine is at D A N E O S triple C. Um, yeah, thanks for the feedback last week, guys. Everyone liked our guest um, that I got feedback from. So we might have to get another guest on, Paddo. Might have to be a thing. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see who we can get. Maybe, maybe we can get a, a mate of ours, a Brisbane fan, if they get up this weekend. I actually would love to target a particular former AFL footballer that I will try and message, but I doubt that he would do this. But we'll try it, and I'm, I'll see if I can get him. If not, what about what about what about someone that took you on for work experience when you were younger, Dano? He said that he won't ever do a Supercoach podcast. Mate, it's not about Supercoach. Uh, we got Supercoach in our name. I could try again, but he won't. I, d- I doubt it. He said anything associated with Supercoach, he will not do. Fair, fair. Uh, yeah. I think his comedy shows have stopped too. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yep, COVID. Yep, COVID, COVID. Anyway, from us at the Supercoach Co Captains, my name is Dano. And my name is Pato. And this is us signing. The fuck off. Get your jab. I did. Yeah, good shit. Everyone else, get your jab. Bye.